2: I'm Annie. And I'm Leah. And this is Lactation Business Coaching with Annie and Leah, where we talk about the smart way to create a compassionate and professional private practice. Let's dive in. Well, hey there, Leah. Hey, Annie, how are you doing? You know, I'm good. It's a new year, which means for my insurance clients, new deductible fun and good times with the Aetna billing, but it's all right. I'm uh, working my way through it. I'm trying to be, you know, zen about it and give myself grace and be nice to myself in this whole process. So how about you? (laughs) Oh, man. It sounds like we're in a lot of the same place. I know it's
3: always the new year. feels like, well, it always changes things in the new year anyway, or the billing. I mean, the coding seems to change every year. But January always just feels like, yeah, so full of like all the things that we need to adjust and change. And I feel like that's what most of my extra (laughs) or lack thereof extra time has been. Focused on, but like you, I'm really this year trying to take a more relaxed approach and like just remember that, like, what are the things that are most important to me? And like coming back to those and really trying to focus on what am I doing to de stress? Like constantly, I'm thinking about that all the time. Like, okay, this is really amping me up. Okay, what am I going to do to de stress? What am I going to do to de stress? You know? Lots of hot baths have been taken in January. Lots of walks, lots of deep breathing, all the things to just keep it as low key as possible because my body is saying, please don't stress this out anymore.
2: <laughs> I hear that. I've been doing more exercise classes yeah. than I have been doing. And that has actually like I was reading about exercise is like you don't want to like trigger cortisol like especially like at at my age and like what you're looking at is like you don't want to like push yourself like I used to love to do those like I'm gonna like totally just kill myself and be exhausted and like (laughs) feel great and everything hurts and I'm like no that's actually not what I should be doing because that's going to increase my cortisol so looking for exercise that feels challenging but also feels good and so I have found out and that's been really great going to bar three studio classes. it's <laughs> so awesome. But it's like, I feel like at the end, I feel that endorphin rush. I feel tired. Like, I feel like I've done something. But like throughout, I never feel like I'm like, I can't do this. I just yes. feel like I have that more of that, like this, this is hard and I'm going to keep going because it feels good to keep going. Yeah, so- not like you're just exhausting yourself and going to crash
3: at the end of it. Yes. And I feel like this is like a metaphor for our topic today, letting go of the outcome.
2: (laughs) It does really feel like we're just bleeding right on into that. (laughs) So we're talking today about letting go of the outcome. And what that means, as Leah and I were brainstorming this episode, is just the idea that like our clients are the ones who are going to determine the path that we're taking, not us. And what and the thing that I was told when I first became a lactation consultant was I can't want it more than they want it, whatever it mm-hmm. is. And so having seen that playing out in practice, it is a big part of the job is is managing my own expectations yeah. about or my own wishes about what's gonna happen. What does that look like for you, Leah? Yeah, this has definitely been
3: something through my whole journey that I've had to keep. Working on because it is, you know, I feel like sometimes we just get so emotionally invested and, you know, we might be so excited that, like, I think, you know, if they follow this care plan, I I just really feel like things are going to go well. And then the care plan that we came up with together ends up not working out well or not being something that they, once they started it, felt like they could continue or something changes for them. And it's like, oh, you know, I really felt like we were gonna head in this direction and then and then the path turns for them and it becomes this kind of like emotional event for you because like you you know kind of have this vision of how this will all play out because we kind of have to do that we kind of have to think through okay if they do this and we do that duh, 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 this is how my expected play out obviously we're all going to be watching and seeing what happens but it's like, well, OK, now my brain has to do a 180 here and like maybe be guiding them in a completely different direction or realizing that the journey has changed for them and like being able to support them through that. And it is hard to get really disconnected because then I feel like we're not we don't show up the same if you're just like I am a robot and I, you know, like I'm going to disconnect all emotion from this situation. But I really have leaned on some teachings, I think, from. My time in the Leche League with, it's very remember people talking about like, this is not your baby, this is not your baby, this is not your baby, which is really helpful because I'm like, this is their journey. It's not my journey. I'm just here as like the path, like guider, where you want to go, I'll show you kind of that direction and what what that path might look like, you know, not my journey, not my baby. And that really is, a, is something that I've leaned on quite a bit. But it still is, it's so, it can be so emotional sometimes, especially when, you know, things aren't going as planned and, or something else comes up for the family and their, you know, hopes and dreams are kind of not, are kind of crushed, you know? And then you're like, wow, this is, this is emotional.
2: Definitely. I feel like there's multiple reasons that can happen. So there's like, there are the times where you're like, doing like what we talked about in that deeper dive with susan howard about watchful waiting where you're doing watchful waiting and like you don't know where this is going to go we're just kind of paying attention to what's happening and in those situations i feel like it's easiest for me to to not invest in what the outcome is going to be and then there's the cases where you've made a recommendation and then for whatever reason the parents are not following that recommendation and it could be for multiple reasons like it could be like it's just logistically challenging or their doctor told them something else or they, you know, or whatever it is. Yeah, um, there's so many other advice. There's so many other advice. And like, I feel like in those cases, that's where it's hardest for me because I feel like, no, I really worked really hard to learn everything I needed to learn to present you with something. And I also tried really hard to make it something that you could implement and that would fit into your life. and so. That's where, you know, I really when they come back to me and they're like, OK, I didn't try anything you talked about and I'm still struggling to really just take myself out of it like yeah. very consciously and deliberately like, yeah. OK, let me just treat these people like brand new, like we're going start to yeah. we have to start we're over, over. To I have again. to start over. Yeah. The ones that, and then the ones that really like make me sad are the ones where we had a plan, we followed the plan, and then something like an illness or yes, emergency. Or like they get mastitis or,
3: yeah, I've had a few and families like, where, like, oh. the whole family comes down with COVID or something. So, like, all their yeah. appointments had to get canceled and all, you know, everything got derailed and mom's milk supply tanked. And it's just, like, no.
2: like And those are like, the cases where I feel like I'm grieving with them, yes. you know. And I've even, you know, shared that with, like, said, like, I'm really, I'm this sad about this so too. Like this yeah. is really heartbreaking. Yeah. And try to like validate them. you worked so hard and I see what happened. And I like, I do find like it is really powerful. This is something I was told not to do in the <laughs> election league, but like I do it in my private practice is to really tell people like, you really did everything that you could and none of this is your fault. And yeah. sometimes you just really have to say that. I've yeah. had people like I say that and they're like, thank you for saying that. Yes, they do believe that, and they just need to hear somebody else let them off the hook. Yeah,
3: I always tell parents one of the things I like to remind them is if the mom's just like really beating herself up, like I've tried this, I've tried that, I did this, I did that, I you know she's just like feeling the weight of like I I feel like I've done everything that everybody's told me, and I'm like the issue is this is a two person event, and like you can do your part a hundred percent perfect but the baby also brings their 50% of this. And like, we don't have control over everything that they can or will ever be able to bring to the table. And that's really hard truth to face is like, yes, we can try, you know, all the techniques we have to help the baby bring their 50% of the job, but they might never be able to get past 30%. And that might mean that, What we had hoped would be the outcome won't be the outcome. And validating that, like, yes, you did everything. And then, like, unfortunately, your little one couldn't do all the part that they needed to do, you know? And I think sometimes that really helps them release some of that, like, you know, parent guilt of, like, if I had just done more, if I had just done this. And I'm like, you could have done a thousand things more, but you can't control. Some aspects of this are outside of our control. And I've found that parents have really felt a sense of relief with that and knowing that, like, that validation of, like, yeah, you really did all of your part to the best of your ability. And that's awesome and amazing. And also, it really sucks when we don't have control over all of it, you know? And that, yeah.
2: And you and I, yeah. And you and I both have teenagers and you also have adult children. Yes. And I'm like, this is a metaphor for parenting. Yeah. Like, spoiler alert, it's just gonna oh. keep on being like this. And it's just so like
3: especially when they get to be adults, because you know, we've really taken the whole like they're adults now, like letting them make their own decisions, you know? And that is so oh. hard because it's yes. like we're doing all the guidance and giving them information and da, 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 da. And then they make this other choice and you're like, why did you do that? But then I'm also like, but this is your life. This is not my life. This is your life. Like, I love you and I'm here, but not my life. And that's so hard. It's very, it's very similar to this this other part of letting go. Of course, certainly with your own kids, it's even harder. But, um, but it is like so the- true, a practice of letting go, you know?
2: And that's like what we really like. Sometimes when I think about what is my actual job? Like, what is the most important thing I'm here to do? The most important thing I'm here to do is to teach parents that they have what it takes for their baby to trust them. And that that's like, yes. that's what it really comes down to. That whatever is happening around feeding and around lactation and around all of it is like, we are building that platform of trust so mm-hmm. that the parents can trust themselves and the parents can help their babies trust them. With that healthy attachment and all of that. And that's why, you know, in terms of when I'm talking about the work that I do or like presenting it on my website, for example, i really stayed away from like, I know how to solve your problems. Like I'll talk about like, I can help you with these problems. I cannot solve them and right. not making those promises. And I remember when like a while ago, I did a lot of like trainings on marketing for online businesses and they were all like, you have to identify the problem and then you have to agitate the problem and then you have to provide that you are the solution to the problem. Yes. And that has always just like never suffered. That right doesn't work for like, lactation. <laughs> like, what am I going to be like? Okay, you've identified that like, you can't feed your baby because you don't have enough milk. Well, let me agitate that and tell you that, like, guess what? Your baby could die if you don't feed your baby. Okay, oh but I could, like, save your baby from dying. It's like, that's really what, like, that that's it the does. end goal is what you're really saying. It's like, but even, like, on a smaller level, like, making promises, like, I don't yeah, know. Like, about, if, like, if, if, resolving if, nipple pain with
3: your five-step right. approach to latching or something like that. It's like, you can't guarantee any of those outcomes. and also. You're only the guide. You're not the doer of the things. The Mm -mm. doer of the things is the family and they get to choose what things they decide to do. I think also kind of when you think about messaging, it, it will also help solidify in your own brain what your role is and help you manage these outcomes that we can't control, you know, which obviously we can't control any outcome. But it really helps you manage, I guess, how you would approach that in your own mind because you know what your role was and you've provided that message to your client. You've provided that message to your own brain. And it really, I think that piece of it is so powerful.
2: Yeah. And just like what you said is like, it starts with the very first encounter that they have with us of what's actually happening. And we're telling them the outcome is not what I'm here for. Right. I'm here for you. I'm here for you and your baby. I'm here for this relationship that you're this new relationship that you have. And I'm here to I read this. I, I wish I could attribute this quote mm-hmm. to somebody, but you don't, you want to be the guide on the side, not the stage yes. on the stage. He- I've heard that before, too. I love that one. It's like, I'm here next to you. I'm right down there with you. I cannot tell you what to do and I cannot promise an outcome. And then for me to have that energy of like, and the outcome is not what matters to me. And I tell that to people like, I'm going to recommend this intervention for your baby, but I'm also here if you choose not to do it. I'm here for you either way. And we are going to be on the topic of messaging. My little my little segue into this part, but. We are doing a deeper dive into messaging at the end of February with messaging expert, Dr. Michelle Mazur. She has a PhD in communications, and she wrote a book called The Three-Word Rebellion that is all about finding your message. So it's such good stuff. Her way of of talking about teaching messaging is so applicable and compatible with our ethical obligations Mm -hmm. as healthcare providers. Like, So I'm really excited to have her come in and talk with us in depth about like how can you differentiate yourself in your messaging when it does feel like it's like sometimes I'm like, I don't know, my message is I'm in Queens and I take your insurance. Like, what more do you <laughs> want to know? And else do you need to know? I am so
3: excited about that talk because I feel like everything else out there, like you said, is feels very predatory and it feels very like, you know, just trying to win the the visit, you know, like from a you know, very monetary, make more money, you know, I just want it to be attracting the people that truly want the service that I can provide. And I know a clear message would do that because obviously, you know, nobody can see everybody and nobody's a good fit for every single person out there. And by having that really concise and clear messaging, you'll attract the people that will be your people, the people that will really get you because you've been really open and concise with like your vibe and you'll bring those those people with that want those vibes right into your practice and I think that's where that messaging can be so powerful but like bringing it back to this idea of letting go of outcomes I think it it too shows them like you said that we're like not here for just end result we're here for you got a journey ahead of you and like we're gonna go down this path with you and I think that helps to have the messaging clear about that, you know, and I I'm like already thinking like, oh, I think there's things that I, I'm going to wait till after the messaging talk to change anything on my website. But I'm certain there are going to be things that I'm going to want to shift and change. And after we have that conversation, I'm really excited about it.
2: Me too. I want to like jump in and make changes just based on us talking about it right now. But I'm also going to wait until after we talk to her. I do feel pretty good that I don't think I have anything on my website that. Would be considered bad, but I know there's plenty of things that could be better. Yeah. And then, you know, the, taking it back to kind of our journey as lactation consultants along with these clients, I tend to be like, I'm a very much like, ah, just like move on, think about the future. If it's in the past, don't dwell on it. But you are very different from me in this <laughs> no. way. And I should be more like you because you're really good about creating those, these like moments of like honoring these difficult cases that you've had and and you've got a really great tangible thing (laughs) that you do. Can you tell us about your ritual for this? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, I do. I am a very empathetic person and I do know about myself that I get like very, you know, just feeling what that other person might be feeling and getting a little too tied up into that. And I've worked very hard, lots of therapy, working on separation and things. And something that was really helpful for me was to have something, like you said, that kind of just honors it and then like allows me to have a moment to say, like, okay, now I'm letting this out of my head. Like I've thought about it enough. I'm moving on. And this little ritual that I do kind of like sets it off into the world. I'm like, okay. So (laughs) what I did was I got a little box that I just had randomly from probably Amazon shipment or something. And I, decorated the outside, just coloring it with all different colors that I felt were representative of, you know, just happiness and joy and caring. So you can kind of see if you looking at the video that we have, <laughs> I have that box. And then what I did on the inside is I wrote all kinds of words that I would like to have that person know. Like if I just, could never talk to them again. This is the words that I would want surrounding them. Like you're supported, you're cared for. I release, you know, your outcome. You're the perfect parent for your baby. The choices you make are the perfect choices for your family at this time with the knowledge and information that you have and the experiences that you've already had. Like things like that, I just wrote it all over the inside of the box and I cut a little hole in the top. And when I have somebody that I'm just like, I've got to get, this situation or you know the outcome out of my head and give it to them and let it all go I'll just on a piece of paper maybe write their initial or something that reminds me of them and I just fold it up and then I put it in the box and I kind of just like take a deep breath with that and say okay now they're off into the world and I don't ever not that I don't ever have to think about them, but I'm not going to hold on to it anymore. I'm like going to let it go. And they might still come across my mind. And then I'll go, oh, yeah, they're in the box. Like they have all the good things around them. And it's been such a powerful thing for me because it also I think it really honors how I process things because I'm different. Like you said, you can kind of say like, oh, well, that was in the past moving on. And I don't process like that, you know. And it's actually like built into this. Like, I have another box, <laughs> which is like my life box. When I'm just like, I got to let go of this in life. Trust me, there are so many Etnas in that box. Etna is written like 4,000 times in that box. But again, it's just been something that has been a really nice little processing. And I'm a very like physically processed things. And so I don't know. It was, it was just something I randomly came up with one day. I'm just like, I just need to be put these people in a box and like just know that everything's okay. <laughs> And, and it's really helped.
2: It's a great example of what they talk about in the book, Burnout. And we'll put a link to the book in the show notes yeah. about how to complete the stress cycle. And so, you know, knowing what works best for you for completing that stress cycle, like for me, what works is like to just physically let myself decompress or and also like hugs are really helpful yes. for me for completing the Oxytocin. The cycle. Oxytocin. <laughs> oxytocin from that 10 second hug. I'll even, you know, tell my husband, I'm like, it just like me, like a yes. little bit longer. Yeah. And that those things really help me just release it from my body. Cause I tend to like, I'm really good at like compartmentalizing in my mind, but like, if I don't let it go, it does stay in my body yes. and affects me. And so being mindful, at least that, how you let go of that outcome, how you find, you know, complete that stress cycle and find closure for yourself is going to look different for everyone. But it is yeah. important to find out what really works for you. And there's yeah. another book, The Resilient Practitioner, that really goes into a lot of detail about all the different ways that we could have these they call, uncertain outcomes or we just don't know or sometimes we never know what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, those are the and hardest so, ones. <laughs> yep. And you have to like make that for yourself. You have to say, okay, like I sent a follow up email. I heard nothing back from them. Everything's either great or they hate me. It's one of those two. And so saying, okay, one idea that I do and that I think is really helpful is to look back and say, okay, let me reflect on how I showed up for this family and let me see, okay, if they love me, let me. like celebrate the things that I feel like I did well. And if I have that feeling of like, what if they hate me? Well, let me reflect and say, where are some areas where I can yeah. do better? Because you can always find a place where you yeah. can do better. Like it's no yeah. reflection on your skill level to think about how you can yeah. do things better. None of us are can. perfect.
3: None of us like end of story, period. Nobody's going to go in a consult and do it perfectly. So it is so helpful to have that. Like, what could I learn from this? and then also what could i celebrate from this and then how can i release this yeah yep. i think that's such a good mentality to have and like you said i think i've said this in a podcast not that long ago but i've been really working with this like idea of imagination that like so much of our worry so much of our stress comes from things that we are imagining and like so when i have that thought like oh my gosh they probably hate me because I I remember I I said this and I could have said it differently. And that's probably the one thing that they thought about the whole entire time and never called me back because of it, you know, how our brains do. And so I will challenge myself to say, like, can I think of one, if that's going to be the thing that's like feels so big in my head, like, can I think of one other but positive thing? And I'll just like make myself think, well, like, I wore deodorant that day. So I didn't stink in their house. Like that might be the only positive thing that I could come up with. But it might be like, you know, I smiled and I showed up the best I could that day. Or, you know, like I felt like I really gave them a lot of information or I really opened their eyes to other possibilities. I mean, it could be endless. But like if you're in that place of like, I just can't let go of this person. I'm just spinning and negative. Like I bet this has happened. I bet that's happening, especially when you don't know the outcome, because I think that's. Like where it really gets tough is like, just see if you could challenge yourself to come up with some one positive thing that you could, even if it's just like the barest minimum, like I showed up on time, you know, if if there's something
2: like that, that you had.
3: And make a list
2: at the time when you're at a time when you're feeling good about yourself, make a list of 10 things that you are like right now. These are 10 things that I feel like I really do well. And then if you're like in the depths of despair, you're like, I don't do anything well. Be like, wait, wait, I have the Annie made a list and I'm going to make myself pick something off this list. And I'm going to yes. remind myself that there was a time in my life where I thought I was good at this. Yeah. And if it was true, then it's probably true
3: now. So 100 percent. I love yeah. that. And just remember, like all these things that we're talking about doing as people, you know, Annie, and I have been doing this for 10 plus years, working with families. These are the things that I wish somebody had told me on year one and two to start doing then. It's only been in the last couple of years when burnout really set in, and I keep thinking like if I had learned some of these strategies long ago, you know would I have not felt quite so burnt out, not mm-hmm. felt quite so burdened by ten years of people that I'm like. <laughs> The weight is all on my shoulders if I had been actively releasing and actively challenging my imagination on these outcomes, you know, those kinds of things. I'm like, oh, so to everyone starting out (laughs) and even those that are been in this a long time alongside Andy and I, it's like, don't forget that you got to protect yourself from burnout. I almost feel like it's like wearing a raincoat. You just have to put it on every day all day long so that you guys can keep being the awesome LCs that you are and the beautiful people that you are just giving this world so much we have to make sure we keep taking care of ourselves putting that protective layer on in all these different ways that Annie and I've been describing today
2: absolutely i'm going to have to do some of that for myself today cuz i've had a had a tough month but I love having these conversations. If you enjoy these conversations, come to a deeper dive. They're just like this, only you're there too, which makes it better. And we have some great experts lined up for this first part of 2023. You can come just to one. You can sign up for the Deeper Dive subscription, or you can head over to our Patreon page, and we have the link in the show notes. And you can support the podcast and get some fun bonuses too, which include the deeper dives. So there's kind of like multiple ways that you can like get involved and show us just that you're there and you're listening. And even just sharing this episode, if it resonated with you, tell somebody about it. We love this community. We love hearing from you and we love seeing your faces at the deeper dives. So we hope you're there. Yes, definitely. We'll see you guys all very soon. And
3: until then, bye, Leah. Bye, Annie. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode.